The global refugee crisis is as devastating as a volcano, and it is creating havoc in the lives of millions of people worldwide. These are the words of Abhijit Das, a refugee crisis author. Hello everyone, my name is Zahin Mabuba, and today I will be giving my reflection on Dr. Hamza Soufan's lecture on reimagining group asylum, a case of the dark horse theory. Dr. Hamza Soufan defines three problem areas in regards to the refugee protection program. The first being the factors that lead to restriction of access to protection. The second is the delegitimization of refugees and asylum seekers. And the third is the global refugee regime that lacks enforcement and sanctioned power. Dr. Soufan pointed out how refugee status access is given on an individual basis to individuals in crisis. But the fact that if one person from a certain group is facing distress and has the need to evacuate, then it is most likely that other people that belong in the same group are facing the same problems. This is very true of groups that are trying to seek refuge from wars, major political and religious conflicts. Moreover, individual refugee determination is a time-consuming process where you have to record the case of every individual that comes from a place therefore taking time away from others that are from the same circumstances and in, the, and in need of the same type of assistance. It does make you wonder why group refuge is not the norm. I feel that the number of people that seek refuge increase every day, and if there is a way to speed up the process and eliminate unnecessary steps in between to determine status, then why are we not opting for it? We have to think that we're dealing with people in real time that are facing real problems, so speeding up the process is of crucial significance. A very important question that Dr. Soufan raises is how most of the refugees are hosted in developing countries. This places a heavy burden on economies struggling to grow and with very few extra resources to support people coming in. Partly this reflects the lack of international consensus when it comes to homing refugees, but it is also due to the fact that many conflict-ridden countries are surrounded by poor neighbors. Turkey, for example, hosted almost 3 million refugees in 2016, the largest population of any country. Most of these fled from conflicts in neighboring countries like Syria, with refugee numbers climbing by nearly half a million, from 2.5 million to 2.9 million in the space of just a year. Pakistan has the second largest refugee population, despite overall numbers falling since many have returned to their home country. The majority of its 1.6 million displaced inhabitants come from Afghanistan. An externality that has come out of refugees seeking asylum in developing countries is the exploitation from the country leaders. Since many humanitarian organizations and other countries aid developing countries in managing the refugee population, they often use funding and donations for other purposes. Another major problem area that Dr. Soufan raised is the global regime that lacks enforcement power. At the end of the day, organizations like the UN can advise and advocate for the refugees in crisis, but the main decision is left up to the nation's government, therefore making it heavily reliant on governments and not supranational bodies to provide protection. Disagreement over refugee immigration has paralyzed European policymaking for several years. 
although it has been strongly prioritized by political leaders of the European Union and several proposals have been put forward, little actual progress has been made either on border management or on how to distribute and redistribute refugees across member states. At the heart of this policy, the problem is strong resistance to refugee immigration among large parts of the population in each country. The resistance appears to be due to two main components. Number one, being refugee immigration increases that cause cultural heterogeneity, and the second that it may weaken public finances. Now to delve into Dr. Sufan's proposed solution, the dark horse prototype that is a result of the design thinking method. Design thinking is a concept that I've used several times in the field of entrepreneurship and what it essentially does is that it breaks down a global issue into bite-sized chunks that can often be implemented with low risk and restrictions. Now when using such a model, when it comes to dealing with humanitarian crises, active nations and people, it certainly does become a much messier situation. Dr. Sufan's solution entails opening up the protection spaces for refugees, creating a space for creative solutions to solve refugee problems, and to have a space to innovate realistic solutions that can help restructure organizations like the UNHCR. His dark horse prototype consciously implements different ideas. Experience has shown that the most reasonable ideas are those that are very close to existing solutions. He suggests that removing the discretion of the nation-state will actually remove uncertainty for the refugee status. And this is where the problem of sovereignty lies. Dr. Sufan mentions how his prototype is sort of like, sort of like establishing the blueprints of the problems that can be solved with an outline of the solution. I think that he is absolutely right in the sense that such a large-scale problem cannot have a static solution. The reason why I'm such a big advocate of the design thinking model is because it has the ability to be malleable and be transformed at any given solution. The method itself allows for individuals working towards the crisis to have a map that is adaptable. I also think that Dr. Sufan's solution is just the beginning and there has to be more done in the field of resettlement to help the refugee crisis. Resettlement is a vital solution for the most vulnerable refugees. And whether they travel by land or by sea, people fleeing persecution or wars should be allowed to cross borders with or without travel documents. Pushing people back and putting up massive fences only forces them to take more dangerous routes to safety. Governments also need to stop blaming refugees and migrants for economic and social problems and instead combat the kinds of xenophobia and racial discrimination. If not handled properly, it can stir up tensions and sometimes even lead to violence. At the end of the day, I believe that this refugee crisis can be solved using proactive and progressive methods that are not stagnant at any given stage. And to be able to build such a solution, we need the cooperation of every nation that has the ability and willingness to help. 
The greatest nations are defined by how they treat their weakest inhabitants, and refugee regimes must make sure that they are treating their refugees with every entitled human right. International development is not just about alleviating poverty or combating climate change. It is about delivering security, stability, and economic opportunities to the poor and fragile communities, thereby preventing citizens from having to flee their own home country in search for a better life. From Africa and the Middle East, supporting development is a much more effective approach than building walls and wire fences. Overall, my biggest takeaway from Dr. Soufan's lecture was the hard truth that there is no one solution in combating this devastating refugee crisis. His model was proposing a solution to one angle of the numerous problems that lies in the refugee protection process. However, using his model as a blueprint to further develop other areas in the process can certainly give momentum towards coming up with a robust solution. At least 79.5 million people around the world have been forced to flee their homes. Among them are nearly 26 million refugees, around half of whom are under the age of 18. There are also millions of stateless people who have been denied a nationality and lack access to basic rights such as education, healthcare, employment, and freedom of movement. I would like to leave you all with some food for thought. What area would you first solve if given the opportunity to find a system to fight against the world's refugee crisis? And how will accepting refugees change the global society? Thank you for listening to my episode.